0: This is episode 144 of the Landscape Photography Show, and before we get into the content of this episode, I just want to say go ahead and block out 45 minutes to an hour, head over to landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream, and stream the free class on how you can improve your landscape photography compositions. That's going to go through the seven C's of compositions equipped for, to take you from confusion to clarity and give you the confidence you need in producing excelling compositions. So again, that's landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and stream that free class. Be sure to stick around to the end of the class because it also provides you resources for next steps of what you need to do to continue improving your compositions and continue improving your landscape photography as well. One more time, landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and block out 45 minutes to take that free class. In today's episode, we're wrapping up part two of my discussion with Alex Vita. Alex and I discuss what you need in a great website for your landscape photography. And Alex has been somebody who's been doing this for a long time. You know, he got into it working with photographers on their websites and what he saw them doing wrong and how they can fix those issues. So whether or not you're just starting out with your website, or if you've been doing it for a long time, stop focusing on the SEO part and start focusing on the user experience of that. That's gonna be a huge part of today's episode. So lock in and start listening. In terms of answering a specific question, um, what should people look for in like titling pages, uh, adding that description, should it be simplistic? Are you going like super long tail specific with those?
1: Excellent question. Um, And I agree that in terms of keyword research, a ton of tools out there, you mentioned a few, but nothing beats doing the research on Google directly, doing the searches yourself and keeping your eyes open. In terms of how to title stuff, um, in some cases it's worth getting broader if you if you can capture um, uh, you know a more common phrase. In some in other cases it's not worth it because you'd be competing against huge stock photography websites. You cannot outrank Getty for a common phrase, so you need to go more long tail to actually figure out what people are searching for. And again, the, the two tools I have in mind for this job, one is Google, as we said, just doing searches, seeing what ranks they're on page number one and reasonably seeing if you can outrank them after a while because it takes time to outrank people. If you if you see um, stock huge stock sites and TripAdvisor, anything like that, no, you need to go... Um, more niche down. If you just see solo photographers ranking for that term, sure, you 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 can take it. Uh, you can try it. The second tool I have in mind is Google Search Console, which is underutilized by photographers. Most have Google Analytics just to tr- look at traffic data, but Google Search Console is a free tool from Google it tells you what people are searching for to find your website and for which pages. And there you, you get a goldmine of information because you can see impressions. So maybe for, let's say you're, uh, I don't know, a landscape photographer selling prints in, I don't know, a specific location, a, a remote location, and one of your portfolio page is ranking well for that, but it has a, a, a 2,000 impressions, but only two clicks. That tells you that only one people in 1,000 click on your website in search results, which means your SEO title and meta description are not enticing enough. They're generic. They're defaults. No one is clicking on your, on your website. So you need to improve your click-through rate. Or you get huge impression numbers or large number of clicks for some topics you need you know that you can uh, increase that content on your website there's something to be had there so it's really useful information um in google search console yeah those are would be my two starting points
0: so niching down for an example would be like how to photograph the milky way that's a pretty broad topic for nature and outdoor photographers or you could say how to photograph the milky way in march in the northern hemisphere now that's a super niche like way long tail search term but if somebody is kind of searching like how to photograph the milky way in march they might see that one pop up they're in the northern hemisphere they might click on it or be more willing to click on it because that relates to them a little bit more yeah Exactly. you you
1: nail that search You become the go to resource for that very narrow search. So, mm-hmm. but obviously, it's a trade-off between search volume and um, you know relevancy. Uh, you can't go too niche too narrow down because you might only attract three searches per year. That's not something you can build a business on. Um, so it's finding that balance through a bit of research, through a bit of detective work, through seeing, trying to match what your skills are and your passions are with what your market can handle and what competitors are out there. Uh, Same with competitors. You don't want too many competitors, but you don't want none as well because it's a sign that maybe there's no viable market there
0: we've mentioned competitors a couple times now. Um, and I want to branch into like, we've, we've reached a point in this discussion to somebody obviously is writing content. They've kind of established their website. They've designed it. They've, they've started creating content for it, email lists, all that. Um, now they're trying to really establish themselves and differentiate themselves from the rest of the market and yes uh it is a saturated market but i mean the amount of searches that happen per day is astronomical like a number that i can't even fathom so even if it is saturated if it's your goal you should go ahead and start doing it how could you differentiate yourself as a photographer in in the market right now and this is in 2022 we're now going into 2023 we're wrapping up 2022 going into 2023 what what are the goals for that
1: the solution in one word is positioning Uh, maybe this is the right kind of business term to use positioning and positioning is um allows you to do a lot of things if you get it right you can Kind of justify higher prices, fees. You can attract more clients, better clients. You can serve them better, all of that. Positioning, I would break it down into two things. Niching and specializing. Those are two different ni- nuances. Some people get them mixed up. Niching is about serving a specific audience from serving anyone to serving a very specific audience. I, I only do... Uh, wedding photography for same-sex couples you go narrower on the audience that's niching and then specializing is doing a specific service Uh, like I do full service like I do take any sort of photography for my audience or I only do black and white cinematic portraits for anyone, for my specific audience, so that's specializing. And the combination, if you kind of create an axis, the combination of niching and somewhere on this chart is your positioning. And you, you, as a photographer, you need to find it somehow through internal research, through seeing what projects you enjoyed doing in the past, what resonated with your clients, because you you also need to like it, not force yourself force yourself to do it what uh, to do online research to see is it worth going into this positioning is there a market for it as as we spoke about and then to kind of put it into words to figure out what the service would actually be uh but once you get there once you find this kind of ideal positioning for you individually then um A whole world opens as a business as a photography business because you can find new clients that you enjoy working with you can command higher prices you can become an expert in your niche you will be the go-to person for that style or for that specific audience again specializing versus niching uh you will be the go-to person uh for that specific positioning. That will allow you to say no to the wrong clients, which you might not enjoy working with. Um, Positioning. (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk too too little about it. And then once you know your positioning, that will then dictate your website as well, because you know what to put on your homepage statement there at the top of the home page you know what to write in your services page or in your bio Uh, you know how your website should be designed as well depending on your audience the the style of the website can change you can use different colors you can use rounded corners for all your elements if you're working with brides or maternity photography you can use sharp diagonalized for architecture photography it all really depends on your positioning
0: that's great advice for sure um and i think i think the balance and correct me if i'm wrong on this is balancing passion versus market size so you have to be obviously passionate about what you're doing you can't just be like i'm gonna you know like the example earlier I'm going to be a milky way photographer in march and that's all I'm going to do when you hate to go out at night and shoot the milky way like even if the market size is there you hate it that's going to be a terrible like path to burnout and you know you're going to flame down at the end to your demise um whereas if you're passionate about something and a market size is there um you're going to be much more inclined to have success with that and consistency uh, with that is huge in that and and the diligence that you have to create this content and and build your business in that way.
1: exactly. If you find that holy grail that that balance, everything uh, everything else flows from there. You can generate content more easily, like you said, for blogging, for your newsletter, for social media because you're an expert in that niche you you learn how to serve your audience better you know it more you become you actually become better at it it. and the alternative to every everything we're talking about here positioning the alternative is being in a saturated market and being the same in the sea of amateur ish photographers out there who only have one single criteria to differentiate themselves, pricing, and you don't want to be there because, you know, Seth Godin, it's a race to the bottom. Uh, he, it's it, everyone complains. My market is so saturated. Um, it happens a lot, unfortunately, in in some specific niches we know about. Like wedding photographers often get burned out and feel the need to branch out to other specialties um some markets are inherently more saturated than others it's still possible to become an expert in in even as a wedding photographer or as a as a travel a landscape photographer it seems very broad of a niche but there are photographers doing a really good job out there to set themselves apart. They have a unique style. They're the go-to person for that style or for that audience. It is possible, uh, just if that it, that was the, f- the, the fit with their passion. They didn't want to shoot something else. They were passionate about shooting weddings or travel, but they found a way to stand out. And somehow it, it takes effort and guts, courage, emotional skills, it's not just technical skills. Uh, it's so easy to hide behind uh, the camera and the technique and gear and skills and not the emotional side of doing some more creative projects, even if they don't pay the bills for a month or trying to stand out in some way and being seen, it's, that's where people get stuck often.
0: Hey, real quick, I just want to remind you, go ahead and head over to landscapephotographyuniversity.com stream and stream the free class over there where I provide you with the best composition tools you're going to need to quickly level up your landscape photography. You will quickly understand what needs to go in to a composition to help you go from a good photo to a great photo. In this episode, we're talking about good websites to great websites. You're going to do the same thing with your compositions there. Again, that's a free resource. If you just block out 45 minutes, you can stream the class whenever you have time. Go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com stream and start watching that class right now. Let's get back to my talk with Alex Vita. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to press record and punch fear in the face and do it. Um, and, and we talk about specializing. If we look at the landscape photography side of that and being known for a specific thing, you could say, well, I'm a landscape photographer. Yeah, you do that. And on your website, you may have a portfolio of like all these different types of landscapes and this way and that way, but you might be viewed, maybe even subconsciously by the landscape photography audience as a whole as like the go-to person for photoshop and if i just throw out photoshop you know three names that come to mind for me are um sean bagshaw nick page and ryan dyer three names that if i want a problem with photoshop i'll probably go there i'll buy their course i'll learn how to do it and boom you're done um you could do that with with any topic i mean even you could, If you want to train dogs, you can say, I'm, I'm a dog trainer, but I specialize in potty training your puppy. Um, there's niching down and specializing happens in every single market. As a landscape photographer, you just have to figure out what your specific niche is.
1: Exactly. Well said. Not, nothing to add there. <laughs>
0: okay, good. So now we're, in the, now we're in this section of, hey, now I want to monetize. Uh, I have my website. I'm providing good content. Now let's go on the monetizing route. Um, in, in terms of differentiating yourself and having yourself known as that specific kind of person to go to, how do you justify premium fees for something like that?
1: Well, once you know your positioning, then you make your online presence stand out as well so people see you in a different light as well if if you start to know it by heart for yourself you need to let other people know so that's where copywriting copywriting uh comes in so you need to speak your audience's language now because you have this narrower positioning you say stuff differently on your website you you, you tailor your content, your text content, to that specific audience or to, to what you do. Um, you make your website design kind of top-notch. You That also helps you stand out. You create content. You raise your blogging game. That also um, does that. Maybe you put more personality into your website. like You infuse your website with... Uh, your personality with shots of you behind the scenes at a photo shoot to create trust with copywriting, with your sense of humor. You you don't want to sound generic to attract more people. You want to attract your type of client, however you are. Um, So that's how you also help Your business is now set apart through positioning. That's how you now make your website also stand apart in in the sea of other websites out there. And then now, how do you monetize that? What are you selling or offering? Most photographers are selling services of some kind. They're selling their time in a sense. Um, and the other part would be selling products, selling prints, selling downloads, image licenses, royalty-free or rights-managed licenses. It depends, or other sorts of sorts of products, calendar f- calendars, photo books. I don't know, uh, computer mugs, uh, mouse pads, whatever. Um, selling services is the most common. Selling your time. So. Um, Positioning can help you raise prices a bit uh, because you're that perceived expert in your niche. Your competitors are no longer um, the client's niece. Hey, my niece has a camera. Why should I hire you? Well, because I'm an expert and I can do this. And here's my website and I can prove it. If you want this type of work, you come to me. Um, So, that's positioning how it can help you raise prices um and also the advanced level here would be uh value-based pricing where you no longer have productized services like hey this is my pricing page i have this package it's 8.99 and then package with something extra that's part services with fixed uh, fixed prices on the website as products people they like the next pro- level pricing um can you still hear me
0: yeah you cut out there a little bit
1: yeah yeah okay oh, my internet connection got reset okay um The next level beyond specific prices is value-based pricing where you um, price the project based on the client and their needs. You create a custom-based project for their needs. So um, you have to really be an expert there. You have to understand their needs, what they get out of working with you, what's the benefit for that client. And this doesn't apply to all niches because, for example, for wedding photographers, everyone kind of understands what they get out of it. But for uh, corporate headshots, for example, you wouldn't sell a $500 headshot to your local mom and pop store, but also to the president of Oracle. I don't know. You'd price it based on value and what they get. What's the meaning of that headshot for them? That's ultimately the next level, but you only get there through proper positioning.
0: I think that that's a beautiful answer and a a way to describe it very, very well. Um, You specifically are big on user experience more than SEO um, and and user experience improvements that we should be making as photographers, as people who are running websites, which is great. I just was wondering, you know, in terms of the user experience that you can have on a photography website, what are some of the things that photographers can be doing to improve upon user experience from the very beginning all the way to this stage that we're at now of now monetizing your website and having some services offered to people?
1: Okay, so user experience experience is a very broad topic. It basically comes down to what experience the user is having on the website and that uh, indirectly helps with SEO as well. But I would break it down uh, UX into two kind of main buckets. One would be uh, technical stuff, like the website should be technically sound to have the good typography, to have a simple and clean navigation menu, to have good performance and be mobile friendly, that's user experience, of course, to not have distracting background colors or broken links or splash pages or annoying pop-ups or search functionality that doesn't work or an e-commerce process that's too cumbersome to use. Somewhat obvious stuff, mistakes, functionality things uh, that really uh, can break user experience. But then beyond that, it's what I call intangible things like um, finding, making information easy to find, like creating a flow through your website, maybe through the use of call-to-action buttons at the end of pages, like from the homepage, where should I go go next as a visitor? Should I go straight to the contact page? Why? I I don't know you yet, I don't trust you yet. You should, as a visitor, you should point me to your portfolio page to check your work, maybe to a services page or your bio before you point me to your contact page to send you a message, Uh, things like that. what we spoke about the homepage being confusing and having to be a detective to figure out what the photographer does. Um, Having a poor bio, not trustworthy enough. um, Not the website doesn't have personality. I can't find the contact information. Um, You know, contact pages often I see mistakes. Usually there's just an empty contact form and that's it. But some, some clients prefer using their own email clients, so they need to click on an email link as well. Or what's the location of the photographer? Where can I find that? Do I need to search around through the small bio text to figure out your location? Why isn't it straight away on the website, in the footer or on the contact page? Um, all sorts of information management stuff, having too much information or too little information or... Misorganized so it creates confusion. Obviously, that also helps with helps ruin user experience, less so than the glaring mistakes that I mentioned at first, but they matter as well.
0: I think our whole conversation here, we've covered so much information. Like somebody could look at this and be like, I have a, I have analysis paralysis now I don't know what to do I don't know like this is too much for me to tackle I think you should look at this whole conversation that we've had as kind of your road to creating a website right you started we went from starting out all the way to monetizing a website and even if your goal isn't to have a photography business maybe you have just like I don't know some affiliate marketing on your website to help you gain a couple hundred extra dollars a month. I think that's totally fine and viable, but you need to look at it, what we're talking about now with the idea in place of we've given you a starting point, we've given you a middle point, and we've given you the end point. Uh, tackle this one step at a time. And, and Alex, if if somebody is looking at this now, saying, "Well, I what should I do after listening to this entire conversation?" Maybe give them a couple things to to practice in the next month of improving their website, or even if they're starting from zero, you know, what should they be doing this month to to tackle that and get started on the right foot?
1: Um, it, assuming they already have a website, just to improve it is. First of all, to to put themselves in the shoes of their audience, assuming they know what the audience is, that would be step zero. <laughs> but if they do, um, just come go to the to the homepage as with, with your uh, first time visitor hat on. Uh, if I land here for the first time, do I know what this website does or is about? If I'm if I'm a client interested in hiring a photographer like this, what would I be curious about? What are you, what would I want to see first? It's difficult to do to do this exercise because, you know, the, the photographer is the website owner and it's also emotionally attached to the work and it. They already know what they do, so. Um, they can switch it out by going to the website of a competitor and seeing that with fresh eyes. What what stands out? What are they doing differently? Are you surprised, amazed, annoyed by anything on the website? Take notes, and then you can decide what you should have as well. Or the alternative is to have friends, uh, connections, review your website and it's, it sounds simple. Nobody does this. Uh, they should see your website with fresh eyes. Don't give them too much guidance. Just let them imagine they're a client. Take notes. Uh, what are they struggling with? Do they angry click on anything on the website? They, they, are they confused about anything? That's, that's your first step. That, if you want to get results from your website, you need to basically do a user experience review of your website before worrying about what template to use what colors to use even before worrying about seo and ranking number one because photographers are obsessed with seo but their website has huge glaring mistakes so
0: yeah yeah and on the getting your friends and family to review your site i think that's you know a phenomenal power tip for anybody to use like when i was designing <coughs> landscapephotographyuniversity.com uh i was you know going through it had everything designed kind of went the way you said not to of i obsess over you know colors and you know what what's this button color versus everything else and all that and i was so proud went to my wife and said you know review it and she is brutally honest as uh, one of her great traits she immediately opened the site and it's landscape photography university, but the logo was just LPU. And she was like, what's LPU? And I was like, wow, immediately I have failed at this homepage and need to go back and make changes. So get people around you who are actually gonna help you and not just be yes people for you and just nod their head and agree with what you're doing. Really get powerful feedback from some people and um, be humble enough to take that and say, okay, that makes total sense. I I see that from your point of view. Um, but just as we land the plane here, Alex, I just want to thank you for coming on, sharing your advice. This is incredible advice for photographers who want to start a website who already have a website and want to go back and redo some stuff and make improvements on it. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. If, if anybody wants to find out more about you, where, they, where can they go to find that?
1: Um, All of my content is at foregroundweb.com, so f-o-r-e, groundweb.com. That's where I have a ton of educational content, like 10,000 word articles, all about photography websites. That's my niche. SEO, web design, user experience, basically everything we spoke about today. And that's also the website where I list services that I offer for photographers, websites, SEO,
0: consulting, all of that. It's all there. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Alex. I really appreciate it. Hey, I really hope you got a lot out of these past two episodes. If you didn't listen to the episode before this, go ahead and listen to that one next because it's going to provide you with the foundations that this class built on So it's gonna go into what you need when you're first starting a website. You know, do you look for a domain? What, What theme do you look for? Alex lays out some great tips on that. Not only that, Alex and I really got into a lot of good content here. You know, your website is your business card online. And the more we move online, the more you need that foundation, that platform that you have yourself both building your business, your hobby, your portfolio, whatever your goal is for your photography, you need a website and you need that website to be great. So bookmark these two episodes, if you are owning a website or if you plan to start a website and listen to those again. If you are listening on any of the podcasting platforms, go ahead and leave a review for us that helps us get out to more people and help engaging more people and how to improve their photography. So please leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.